Well, not the original topic we were going to discuss yesterday. Last minute shift in priorities based off of a notable celebrity passing. R.I.P. Carl Weathers. Uh, as uh, you and I spoke offline, O.C., you know, we've, we've lived long enough where we've seen many a celebrity come and go. Um, and, you know, it's sad anytime a talented person who's given something of, of value to the larger community passes. It's always a little bit tough, but I don't know, man. This one hit a little closer to home, cut a little deeper. Uh, and, uh, you know, on the way home yesterday, when then, because we had originally planned to do, you know, like a late afternoon or, or you know, early afternoon today pod on a different topic that I'm sure we'll get to next week. But, um, yeah, all of a sudden my, my texts just start blowing up. And, I mean, it's friends, it's you, it's, you know, my wife, all kinds of people just start texting me. And I'm like, what? I'm in the car. And, you know, so I start hitting the, you know, the Ford sync thing. And people are like, not the way I wanted to start my weekend. I'm like, this is horrible. This one really stings. And I'm like, what? So I have to, you know, pull over, of course. Yes. And, uh, you know, I look at, look at the substance behind it. And I was just like, no. And man, I'm telling you, like, I... I teared up, brother. Like, this one really hurt. Really did. Um, Carl Weathers, man. Just just a legend. A legend that, you know, his talents just spanned um, decades, you know. Basically, through my whole life, there was something Carl Weathers related going on. And uh, 76 years old, passing his sleep. Hard to argue with that, but... Uh, didn't make it any easier for us. Isn't that really kind of it? I, I think that's what... I'll be honest with you, man. I, if I don't know you, and you die, I'm probably not going to really invest much time or energy into it. Like, I I, I guess we don't want to get too political or religious on this program here, but I guess in our faiths... Uh, you know, death is part of everything. It's it's one aspect of your entire being. So I have a tendency to think that death is not the end. It's just part of what's all up in the sauce. Um, that being said, you know, if you're not close to me, a friend, family, and you pass, it's unfortunate. You feel bad for the people involved. You can't really invest much time or energy into it. This passing, and I will give credit to one of our super fans, Mr. Rick Trowley, the nerdy Viking himself, the Red Dragon in Indie League pro wrestling fame. This is a little bit closer to home because of what you just mentioned about every aspect of your life. Every period of your life, little boy Kevin Watts, preteen Kevin Watts, 
uh, full of angst and rage and testosterone, high school Kevin Watts, fun, fun-loving, bulking, supermax 5,000, bodybuilding Kevin Watts in college, young adult Kevin Watts, freshly engaged to be a married man. You could put all of that on me and say Kevin O'Callaghan. At some point, Carl Weathers was involved in all of those different periods of your life. That's absolutely right. And, um, you know, it's funny. I This just kind of dawned on me. Years ago, my buddy Kevin Kalish, shout out to Kevin Kalish. Um, he and I and uh, another another guy he knew were working on doing a, a website for kind of like a pre uh, it was like a dating app before there were such things as apps. <laughs> before there were such things. As so this is this is cool. what this is roughly twelve or thirteen BC. Yeah, that's how long ago it was. Yeah, Moses had kind of just retired. Okay, you know, um, and uh, the idea was we would review movies, but from the context and from the perspective of a guy on a date watching the movie and then like we had like my sister wrote for it um from the you know the female perspective of the same movie so we kind of you know have these uh this database of movies that you could look at and kind of figure out you know what you might want to watch with your date it never got off the ground unfortunately which is uh unfortunate in large part because personally that's to my own horn but i felt like I contributed some real bangers to this. I reviewed some awesome movies. I wrote some great reviews, but I distinctly remember writing one for Rocky four. And one of the comments I made about it at the time was, you know, when Apollo Creed dies, when Drago unceremoniously puts him out and, you know, he's down on the mat twitching. Like I, I I was sort of, saying this in jest and tongue-in-cheek, but I felt more emotional about that than about, you know, like, extended family members whose funerals I'd gone to who I barely knew because I felt like I knew Apollo Creed better than a lot of people in my own life. Kevin, um, I, I, <laughs> it's right here. So the cup, and then there's a cup on your ear. There's also a string attached to these Dixie cups. I, uh, I'm not proud of this, but uh, couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, second Aunt Selma from your mom's cousin's brother's pizza boy's side dies and you got to drive to Cleveland to go to a funeral and you're like, oh, what the hell? What am I doing here? <laughs> I, I watching a guy like Carl Weathers who, and, and this is the bad part, you and I collectively, let's be conservative here, okay? Rocky Four. what's the over under 500 times? Collectively. Uh, if you include listens to the soundtrack, it's over. Yes. So, and, and, and as you can see in the background here, a freshly framed Rocky Four poster. Yeah. From Me Weef, uh, Stephanie, who does not listen to this show. Watching Apollo Creed 
die in Rocky Four, And the masterful cinema, the cinematic experience of no easy way out as Sylvester Stallone rage drives while he's contemplating the death of his, his close friend and once mortal enemy, Apollo Creed, at the hands of none other than the Russian Ivan Drago. Uh, the emotional attachment I have to that series of sequences in that film, I might cry not because of Carl Weathers, but just because of Rocky IV and his fake death. I mean, that, that hits you hard, and you're attached to him. You become one with those characters uh, when you invest yourself in the, in the movies. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'll have you know that on the way home from picking up my son from school, yes, I stopped at Dearborn Music in an effort to buy the Rocky Four soundtrack on vinyl. I was unsuccessful. However, I did go home and uh, spend part of my afternoon rocking No Easy Way Out, and the waterworks almost came at that point. But, um, you know, we had, I guess you could say, sort of a good warm-up for this by seeing Apollo meet his uh, untimely end. You know, we got to see Dylan meet his uh, gruesome and untimely end at the hands of Predator. Uh, we got to see Chubbs meet his untimely end, the hands of, at least in a roundabout way, the alligator. So we were sort of prepped for this. I mean, maybe Carl kind of knew this day was coming. And so he spent the last, you know, 40 years putting out cinematic uh, breadcrumbs for us to follow so that we could better prepare our our hearts and our minds for this but it, it great effort but man i don't know if it made it any easier <laughs> we uh you know we had to scramble a bit after we took time to mourn and then of course you and i have stupid responsibilities as adults our kids and wives and other stuff so we couldn't you know we couldn't cram last night and come up with some elaborate send-off for Carl Weathers. But in the brief time I had to look back on not so much the character or the caricature that he became in our lives, in the lives of many other 80s and 90s bros, deep within that caricature beat the heart of an absolute savage. So you look at the, the man... Carl Weathers. I don't know how many people know how athletic and how successful he was in life before acting. So he grows up and he's born in Louisiana and Nolens, Nolens, Louisiana. The guy's a boxer. He's a football player. He's in gymnastics. He does judo. He plays soccer and he's in wrestling. Goes on to go to a community college and then ends up at San Diego State University. Is an undrafted restricted free agent and makes the Oakland Raiders, not just the Oakland Raiders, but the 70s Oakland Raiders. Right. He plays 
well in the NFL, I guess he gets a more lucrative offer from the Canadian Football League and a more, uh, I guess, from a playing standpoint, maybe more yeah. of a step up. So he, you know, goes to the CFL, but then comes back and ends up with the 49ers for a little bit and then decides, you know what? I mean, maybe football's not the thing for me. Gets into acting and within a few years of being in Hollywood is already in actual movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't recall, I may have read at some point, uh, what his, you know, theatrical dramatic background was. Certainly he had the physicality, but you know, by the time he's doing like force 10 from Navarone, like, like he's actually having to do a little bit of acting and certainly, you know, Rocky, um, he gets to show off a little of those chops. But I think what's so awesome about Carl Weathers, he always had the physical part down. He always had that acting chops down. But what I think is underrated about him is his range. It's crazy. You know, he's done the big epic drama slash action. He's done the big blockbuster action. He's done the comedy. He's done the small screen. I mean, don't forget, he, he had a recurring role as sort of a version of himself on Arrested Development. Um, and then, you know, most recently, he's awesome in The Mandalorian. I mean, his character is awesome. He's funny. He's, you know, kind of a badass. Like, everything about it is just great. And I think part of what makes it sad is, like, he was still on top of his game um, from an acting standpoint. And he added directing to his resume. He directed a couple of episodes of Mando that were fantastic. Some of the best episodes there were. And so, you know, 76, it's, it's certainly a full life. But I just can't help but think that he had more to give, you know. I was stunned. Last night, I'm poking in and out of uh, Wikipedia and other sites. He gets into acting, like I said, in like 74-ish, officially. He's in Rocky by 76. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll briefly lighten the tone. Hemsworth was on Saturday Night Live one time. And they did a skit. And it was from first-person perspective, so Hemsworth talking about his career in Hollywood. And he's doing a bit, obviously, but he's he's being interviewed by a fake interviewer, and he says, I had to struggle for eight hours in Hollywood before I was put in my first feature movie because of how handsome and tall and, and just awesome he is. <laughs> he's, like, making light of how... People move to Hollywood and struggle, you know, waiting tables for like 20 years before they get their first right. role. Oh, I had to right. struggle for almost eight hours while I was in Hollywood <laughs> before I was – because he's just like the perfect action hero. Um, yeah. You almost get those vibes like from a guy who decides, you know what, this this football thing, never mind the fact that – and you and I go back on this all the time. Matthew Stafford sucks. 
Oh, yeah, okay, he's yeah. he's one of 32 people doing doing yes. what he does for a profession in the entire world. Um, when you can play or do something at a professional level that's a game, meaning it has no consequence in real life, and someone's paying you to do it, you're pretty good. So yeah. Carl Weathers probably could have phoned it in at that point, maybe finished his degree and become a high school football coach or move back to his hometown and been a local hero sitting up at falls every Friday, just have people dry, buy drinks for him. Uh, <laughs> shout out great American. Um, but he goes to Hollywood and just decides, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this talent that I have that I was able to use to be a successful athlete. And I'm going to become an actor. And my gosh, dude, from 76 onward, he's, if there were such thing as B plus in terms of celebrities, I can't call him a list because I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. He's, he's, I mean, he's what? 89.98%. He's like that B plus a minus. Well, action Jackson is an outstanding film. And as the leading man, I thought he carried it perfectly well. But he didn't get the opportunity to be the leading man too frequently. So I understand your point. But that it doesn't say anything about his talent. No, no, no. I, I hate to say this. I won't give away the person who said this to me yesterday. Because like you, there were tons of people reaching out like, dude, are you okay? Like, I'm all right. All right. That's, I like Polycrete a lot, but I'm, I'm going to be okay. Um is he a better actor than Stallone and Arnold? Oh, yeah. Right? So it's not... Yeah, I'm okay no saying that. Okay. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was worried how you were going to respond to that because in spite of the fact that he's not... He's not the A player in his tag teams with Schwarzenegger, Stallone, I definitely think he's the much better actor. Yeah, I mean, so... If you took, I guess I would say, if you took Arnold and Predator and his acting chops in Predator and you take Stallone from Copland and the acting chops he showed in Copland, that's basically what, that that's their apex and that's basically what Carl Weathers brings to every role. Yes, yes. That's what I would say. He's, he's undeniable in the Rocky movies. He... I mean, this is going to sound terrible. Whatever. Judge me, audience. <laughs> don't listen. We're doing this for free and don't care. Um, <laughs> They're already not listening. <laughs> <laughs> the six people who will listen to this. Um, I mean, Stallone's playing a bit of a dimwit in Rocky, right? Yeah. A punch drunk, kind of lower tier human being. Apollo brings this level of professionalism that you believe, at least I do, and I'm going to I'm going to take a far leap and believe you feel the same way. I felt like I was watching a professional athlete in those movies. Yeah, I there's there's a there's an amazing degree of professionalism, the great word. I would even say like polish 
to go along with that, that he's so convincing. Yes. As like that, um, you know, he's been a champion for a while. He understands how to be a champion. He's very good at being a champion. And he just exudes that as Apollo um, is supremely well, even when he's no longer the champion, even when Rocky beats him, he still exudes that. His smack talk game in the lead up to his fight with Ivan Drago. Come on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the man could pick himself some nicknames. Yes. I mean, lots of them. Most, most fighters have like one. He had like six. Is it safe to say your first exposure to him was Rocky? Yeah, in fact, I saw Rocky Four first. So so glad it, you said that. Yeah, it, and that's I, I think that, that that's testament to just how good Carl Weathers was as Apollo. You know, I was nine. I had never seen this movie. I didn't know who Apollo Creed was, but by the you know twenty eight minute mark or whatever of the movie, like I'm practically in tears over this person. I have no idea who he is. I uh, I was worried to admit this in front of you, but my order of Rockies is so messed up. So back in the. Back in the day, the O'Callaghan family, uh, you know, we money wasn't tight, money wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, for a very brief period of time, and this sounds so first world that whatever it is, what it is. I mean, we didn't have cable for a while, you know? Yeah. It's part of life, whatever. We get cable back. And we got this little ground-level knob-turning television in the back room of the house. Called it the Blue Room. And uh, I was obsessed with, like, TNT Saturday mornings. So they'd rerun the old Hanna-Barbera block of cartoons from the 50s and 60s. They'd run the Super Friends, the Wonder Twins, the Jetsons, the Flintstones, Tom and J- I mean... It was awesome television. It was probably a four-hour block of television. I'd load my uh, obese body up with sugary cereal, usually a toaster strudel. Never toaster strudel brand name, but usually some America's Choice knockoff from Farmer Jack's or something like that. I'd be be in a uh, I'd be in a sugar coma on Saturday mornings, and I would lie there. Usually until my dad came home from like his third job and screamed at me to do something. But I would wait until he left to go to his fourth job. And I'd sit my butt right back down in front of the television and do nothing. And I swear to you, Kevin, for a period of about four years, they ran Rocky, Uncommon Valor, one of the Rambos, and usually like the Shawshank Redemption. Yep, in, sounds about right. In perpetuity on TNT <laughs> during midday hungover unemployed hours. <laughs> and I 
I watched Rocky 3 first. Then I watched Rocky 4. And then it was a period of years before I even saw Rocky 1 and Rocky 2. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah, I went, you know, Clubber Lang. And obviously it had the whole WWF tie-in in oh, Rocky yeah. 3. So that really... You know, seeing Hogan and Mr. T in a movie, it I popped so hard, right? Thunder lips. <laughs> I popped so hard. Um, <laughs> you said hard. Rocky three, Rocky four, finally went back. I, I honestly think I was maybe high school age. I, I had to have been because I was old enough to go to Target and buy the four-pack a Rockies uh, on DVD. It's an amazing story, OC, but, you know, watching them in that, that wildly out-of-order manner makes me think that Apollo himself could only have said to that, no, Stallion, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man, it was, it was one of those things, like, I... I must have watched Rocky Four. Eighty times. You know what I mean? And then right? And it was one of those it wasn't quite as bad as the uh, famous me getting my pumping iron DVD stuck in the <laughs> in the DVD player of my TV in college, but yeah. it was one of those ones I bought that four pack from Target. I'd watch Rocky three and Rocky Four all the time. And then if I went back and watched Rocky One and Two and Carl Weathers, to me, is – this is going to be blasphemous. Whatever. Shout out to Carl Weathers for passing. Whatever. I'm, I'm just going to do it. First couple Rocky movies, Carl Weathers is – I mean, he's, it's 50% of that movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's, he's just – he's so polished to, to steal your words. He's – easier to digest from like an action movie standpoint. He's more intelligent with the way he speaks. You, you, yeah. you have an easier time believing Carl Weathers to be the heavyweight champion of the world in Rocky one versus Balboa being who he is in Rocky one. Yeah. He's, he's, his character is like if Muhammad Ali worked on wall street, you know, yeah. that's what he brings. Yeah. Because he's super polished and business savvy, but he's also just got that gift of gab. And, you know, I, I absolutely love the interview that you only see it on like the black and white TV at the bar and Rocky's watching it. And he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, like, kids, stay out of sports. Sports make it grunt and smell. Be a thinker, not a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. It's like so Muhammad Ali, but uh, yeah, man, when you think of his his characters, they've got that awesome like redemption component to them, you know. Because Apollo, I mean, you still are supposed to not like him, right? Because because he's opposing Rocky, right? Even though he's very likable, he's still sort of the bad guy. And then he becomes kind of the heel in Rocky II. Um, and he has to be in order to get 
Rocky to fight. Remember, they have to like turn him into more of the bad guy. And yeah. Trying to like bait him and taunt him and all that stuff. But uh, you know, by the end of it, like he's Rocky's best friend. Kind of similar in some ways to Dylan and Predator. Like he's the shady, you know, underhanded CIA guy who, you know, kind of cons Arnold into bringing his team on board to do your dirty work. And, um, you know, by the end of it, though, um, you know, he understands what he got him into. And he's the one who volunteers to go help Mac and chases Mac to try to to try to bring down the predator. He's not like, well, I'm getting on that chopper, man. Get out of my way. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I'm going. We both got scores to settle. Do you mean Mac? Yeah. I, so, uh... you know, that I think... I think his ability to bring out because we love you and I both love a good redemption arc. Oh my gosh, man! It's 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 uh maybe that's a good. Hold on, let me get my paper out. That might be a good topic for for one of our podcast episodes because it is our our movies the the things we gravitate towards. My goodness, Kevin, I I love nothing more than the Grinch, right? Uh, a christmas carol it's like yeah you know if if i can change and use can change (laughs) we can all change i i what's weird with me about carl weathers was i look back at all of the guys the dudes who got their due give him his Of all the guys who got their due from our era, and maybe this is just because I'm in the moment, I'm up in my feelings, as the kids would say. A weird part of me tells me, like, he never really got his due. You know, I think think that's absolutely right. Um, I think he has always been underrated as an actor. Um, although he was finally nominated for an Emmy for his portrayal of uh, Grief Karga on The Mandalorian. So he started to get a little bit of it. But, you know, I think what he may have lacked in a, in a baffling sense, I, I don't understand why he's underrated, but he is. But whatever he lacked in, like, you know, sort of like industry kudos... I think he made up for, you know, a million times over with the way that people recognize just how awesome he was in so many things, like on so many levels, professionally and personally. And I think that's obvious and evident from the tributes you see. I mean, they just came pouring in. Yes. There's such a, a wide array of people, you know, obviously Arnold, obviously Sly. But you got like, you know, the Predator crew with, you know, Bill Duke. You got Jesse Ventura. You've got like John Favreau from Mando. You've got Adam Sandler. Um, You know, just so many people who he interacted with in some way, shape or form. And, And every single one of them, you know, was complimentary of his talents. But they all said just what a great guy he was. Just a great dude. Um, great dad, you know, all that stuff. And so, you know, he didn't 
you know, he didn't need an Emmy or an Oscar. Uh, he was richly rewarded and recognized, I think, by what people saw that he had what really matters, you know? I, uh, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I, you know, whatever. I feel like it's appropriate. We try to be very lighthearted on the show, not get into any of the, the doo-doo that's out there in the world. But I had a friend bring it up yesterday. I very, very, very rarely allow myself to think this way. Do you think his skin color had anything to do with him not being able to be like an A-list lead in the 80s? And before you answer that, if you took 1976 Carl Weathers and put him in 2024, could he not be A-list the same way that uh, Chadwick Boseman was in The Black Panther or, um, you know, Terry Crews is kind of viewed as like an A-list actions. Is there, I can't even believe I'm talking about like, is there any smoke to that fire? I think that's a really good and important question um, because, you know, we sort of touched on it earlier. Like he got action Jackson. Right, right. In like in like nineteen eighty seven or eight or whatever. a very token, Actually, a very token movie uh, role. Right? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it was sort of like an eighties black exploitation. Yeah, movie, yeah, you yeah. Know? And it was super enjoyable, it's but, fun. You know, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of substance, and and he only got the one. You know, I don't remember him being a leading man in anything. He else. isn't. I I scoured when when the question came into me from a friend who will remain nameless. I, I immediately, you know, had this because I, I don't like this in general in life. I don't like people using something so simple as an excuse to not succeed because you and I are from the school of, I mean, one of our greatest male archetypes in our lives is a guy who literally had everything against him, but he became like the governor of the largest state in the United States. Um, but I can't help but think. The 80s, so late 70s, early 80s, I think society was not as advanced as it is today at all in terms of seeing colorless skin tones and being more accepting of, I mean, you and I are probably one of the first generations where we sit down, we watch a movie, we see the celebrity in the movie. Like we don't see their background are you good or not right you we, do you are, do you suck or um, are you believable as this as jack reacher are you believable as you know this marvel character we don't care at least i know you and i don't about oh is that a black guy or a white guy or indian guy it's like no dude is this movie sweet or not yeah exactly and I, I can't help but think and i thought about this last night a lot probably more than i should have it's like did he not get his due because was was America ready for a guy like Carl Weathers, a black guy, to be an A-list action hero in the 80s? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because I guess if you look at it this way, you know, he was perfect for the 80s action role. He's, you know, he's buff, he's an athlete, um, he's a good-looking dude. 
great stash. Yeah. I mean, just slayed that stash. Yep. And he had the chops. So the question becomes, what was he lacking? Right. <laughs> like, why not? And it's hard to find. It's hard to find the things that would have. I mean, we just talked about it. Maybe he didn't have the cachet uh, that Arnold carried or Sly carried, I guess, in the industry or in the inner workings of Hollywood. But he's a better actor. And I'll tell you what, dude. You want to talk about man got a beautiful body. Oh, yeah. He had a beautiful physique. I mean, that it, dude, yeah. if Stallone and... And I've seen pictures of him from college, high school and college. I'm not saying that he didn't maybe, you know, do a little more than chicken, broccoli, and white rice in the 70s and 80s. Um, But I think God gave that man a Robbie Robinson type beautiful body Um, because he looked awesome as a 17-year-old in the high school, high school football photo that I found online archived. And he looked amazing when he played for the Oakland Raiders. And then, I'll tell you what, to have burrito meat on your chest and to still be able to see veins through the burrito meat and then to be able to see, I mean, he didn't have an eight-pack. He had like a shield on his abdomen. That's how diced that guy was. Well, yeah, and and, I mean, think about this. You know, by the time time he was in... Predator, you know, he was approaching 40 and still just completely jacked, right? Like, I mean, he was just, you would think he, I mean, he could have easily been 25. And I don't remember, he, so there's a period of time between, say, Action Jackson and like Happy Gilmore, where I don't remember what he was in. But I'm pretty sure that provided he was, you know, still in the gym at all, he was probably ripped up well into his mid-40s. Does he remind you of uh, a certain gentleman from the Dear One Racket Health Club who... Uh, yeah, like a sh- somewhat shorter version of Walt. Yep. Walt. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. I, I wish think Walt rocked this sash too. Shout out to Walt. Walt, please tell me you listen to this podcast. Walt, Walt, man, I, I don't listen to your podcast, Kevin. I like you boys, but I don't listen to your podcast. I miss Big Walt. Really <laughs> the, the same man who uh, who very casually told me that he disarmed a man trying to rob the Dollar Tree right before he came into the racket club on a Saturday morning, and the guy was just. <laughs> As steady as if he was sitting in his living room reading a book. <laughs> this young man came up to me. He had a knife and he pulled it on the cashier. And I just took it away from him. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> Big Walt. Big Walt. He was the best spotter there has ever been. Oh, he's There's awesome, never dude. been a better spotter in the history of spotters. Big Walt. But yeah, I mean, he kind of had that that kind of, uh, you know, kind of smooth and polished and athletic, you know, even into his older years. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see that a little bit. I mean, Carl Weathers, um, when he was in, we're not going to not talk about 
1996's Happy Gilmore when he shows up as Chubbs. Uh, obviously. Oh, they wouldn't let you play because you're black? <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> uh, I, I can't stand behind anyone without saying it's all in the hips. Yeah, I mean, it, that's one of those, I don't know, I don't know if it was in the script, but there is no way that Adam Sandler was expecting no. what was going to happen in that scene. You got Carl Weathers. No, they're both, they're both like, and they do lose it a little yeah. bit, just enough where it was awesome, but not too much where they had to cut it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that scene's amazing. I, uh... I almost couldn't believe my eyes as a 10-year-old boy watching Happy Gilmore. And, oh my gosh, it's Apollo. Yeah. And you got, you got Apollo Creed slash Dylan uh, in all, all of the films to come out of the mid-90s that are just comedy gold, Happy Gilmore, and he absolutely kills it. I mean, who do you remember from that movie? Shooter McGavin, Chubbs, yep. and then then Happy Gilmore. Yep. Um, I think, you know, Apollo has his comedic moments, but the fact that he could, you know, take those and stack them one after another, even though he still has that kind of... Uh, there's It's not a physical role, but there is a physicality to Chubbs. You know, because he's still got that kind of intimidation factor. He's so big. But he's just, he's just so freaking funny. I, I, I mean, that's spoken like a true way. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> so many lines in that, in that movie that are from Chubbs and Shooter McGavin. It's like, yeah, Happy Gilmore is the star of the movie. But how many memes do you see with Chubbs? Oh, yeah. Well, so just to kind of echo that. The Mandalorian, and I know that you're not a Star Wars guy, but... Hey, I, no. What did I say, Kevin? I, I'm, I'm I not going to let you besmirch my name. I'm not yet a Star Wars not guy. Not yet a Star Wars guy. Okay. Well, and I'm not saying that you should start with The Mandalorian, but The Mandalorian is one of the best Star Wars things there is, period. It's just that good. And The Mandalorian does such an awesome job, kind of quentin tarantino-esque of getting people that never should have been out of the limelight and bringing them back in yeah like quentin tarantino did that with kurt russell and you know i love me some kurt russell hateful eight you know it's yeah. like yeah hateful eight and once upon a time hollywood yep yep um i i just i love that and mando did it with michael bean and mando did it with Carl Weathers. And when I found out that Carl Weathers was going to be on this, this new Star Wars show, I was so freaking excited. Like, I, I was excited for there to be a Star Wars show, but that just skyrocketed when I found out Carl Weathers was going to be in it. Because just the concept of Apollo Creed and Dylan and Chubbs being in a Star Wars thing at all was just awesome. So we, we briefly touched on... And this was Rick Trombley's point. Shout out to Rick Trombley, Nerdy Viking. You know, he's been with you through the different phases in your life, right, Kevin? That's right. We, we did an episode on alternate Joes. 
And if you recall, uh, I think my, my favorite pick was Combat Carl from Toy Story. Uh, Such an awesome thing, and I'm so glad you shared that. Carl Weathers being in, you know, he starred in literally like three or four of the Toy Story offshoots as Combat Carl. You know, there's a, there's a phase you go through as a parent, especially as a young parent, where you, you, you briefly kind of lose your identity because you have no choice but to aid in the survival of your children and your spouse, to lose yourself and to dedicate your entire power to sustaining the lives of the mouths you're feeding and the person you're trying to share this life journey with. And I can't tell you how absolutely horrible it was for a couple of years there where it's like, all of my discretionary time is spent watching these movies that are not uh, things I like. So let's, (laughs) let's put on toy story three for the 15th time this week. And let's put on, I can't tell you how happy I was elated the joy I felt when I'm in my 7,000th trip in our first minivan with the dual screens in the back so the kids could watch TV. Yeah. We slide in another DVD until we get home from grandma's house. And I hear, there's me, combat call. And I'm like, why does it sound so familiar? <laughs> I have to like stop the car and pull over and get the, that's Carl Weathers. Like the actual, the, the figure is Carl Weathers. <laughs> it's just combat Carl. And then I just absolutely fell in love with, the combat Carl character as an, as a dad, you know what I mean? It's all right back. Carl Weathers coming full circle in my life to where I could sit down and watch the toy story of terror for 25 minutes and just to see combat Carl. And as in your youth, you had someone to remind you stay in school. Oh, it's so funny, dude. The the PSA he shoots and the PSA is just priceless. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man, It, it was, it was it was a weird this is the first one I, it's a, we changed we changed topics which you know me I hate doing that kind of stuff I, I've got we invested a lot of time last week on what we were going to talk about yesterday but we have to we got to give Carl Weathers his got to give him his due due because a big part of me it you know it hurts for him knowing like he didn't have – he had Rocky. He had Predator, you know, as as the 1B. He never had his – wow, when I think back to my youth, my childhood, that leading man was Carl Weathers. And it's, it's a shame because he was that dude. Yeah, and maybe – I guess maybe it's, it's a real testament – to his greatness that it didn't even matter. Like, does it really matter at the end of the day? I don't mean, does it matter in, you know, like a, you know, socio political sort of sense, but does it matter to us as fans of art that he didn't have his own movie? Cause he didn't need it. Like he, he took over in large part the films that he was in. Anyway, yeah, he was, <laughs> so, he was so to, to be, to be purposefully cast as the sidekick of not one, but two of, let's face it, the best action heroes of the 80s. 
and to yeah. to I mean, to, to really like to go tick for tack with them and to be as top of mind to 80s and 90s bros as he is to not be overshone by those guys what a g yeah have you seen it, it wouldn't make sense to you probably because you haven't seen the show but with a little bit of background it, it will make a lot of sense so in the mandalorian uh grieve karga runs a guild of bounty hunters and so he kind of like passes out assignments and he has these little discs that the bounty hunters will approach him and ask for a job and he'll give them a disc that's like a hologram that will show their quarry, you know, whoever they're trying to capture. <laughs> so there's this meme <laughs> where he's got three discs <laughs> and the holograms are Drago, the Predator, and the Alligator. And That's awesome. Says, this one's very personal to me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so, so good. good. Yeah, I, I you know, it, I feel like, so you're not the only Star Wars guy who's told me, just watch The Mandalorian, dude. Like, it's it's not even, like, you don't even really need to understand Star Wars as, yeah, uh, not really. you know, he's like, I have another friend who, who I have another friend, if you believe that, on top of you. That's crazy. Uh, what? Yeah, what but, this? you know, this this particular friend's like, dude, dude, just watch it. Like, it's basically, if you like any of the Marvel stuff that's come out, he's like, it's shot in the same type of, he's like, if you like Guardians of the Galaxy and the way it's shot and stuff like that, you'll like, you'll like the Mandalorian. You'll like that type of, he's like, imagine like a, an Old West bounty hunter show, but in Star Wars land. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I mean, Favreau created it. Yeah. So, you know, it's Favreau's directing some of them, like Robert Rodriguez is directing. I mean, it's just, it's just such a great show. But his, you know, he's not, it's not just a bit part. Like, it's an important character. And so I'm, I'm really bummed because I don't know if they've finished filming the next season. So if he's just gone all of a sudden, that's going to really, that's going to really hurt for that show too. Um, because, man, I mean, he's a great character, but he's got so many funny parts, too. He's just got this very understated... He doesn't have to make a silly face or get all animated. He just has to kind of be himself. And his, his humor is so believable. Yeah. Because it's the kind of thing that, like, you or I could do it. He does it better. But, like, you know, it, it feels so natural. It just, like, flows out. And just the way he does it is just awesome. It's just so funny. This is part... <laughs> the baby Yoda character is, you know, he, I'm not giving anything away. They reveal this very early that he's able to use the force and he can, you know, move his hand and move objects and stuff. And they find themselves in a bit of a pickle and uh, <laughs> they can't figure out a way to get out of it. And, uh, and Carl Weathers like, come on, baby, do the magic hand thing. <laughs> He just, so awesome. he gives me such, uh, the charisma vibes coming off of a guy like Carl Weathers. It makes, to kind of wrap things up in a bow here, it makes perfect sense why he spent, you know, two years in Hollywood and he was in his first, like, feature length, multi million dollar project, you know, grossing project. Um, 
relatively quickly because imagine being in a room with a guy like that. His physical presence, his his voice, you know, his uh, his ability to kind of be a chatty Cathy and be very charismatic and think on his feet. The guy had it all, and he carried it late into life. I Anytime I saw Carl Weathers, you know, in the past couple of years, I feel like the guy had never aged a bit. Uh, too early for a guy like him to go. Really hits home because, you know, nothing, I guess, whatever your definition of tragic is, but, you know, to pass in your sleep, to not be, to be involved with Hollywood and not die of a car wreck or a drug overdose or alcoholism or something, like, to just peacefully pass in your sleep, you know, after living a very, very, very important and influential and fun and impactful life. I mean, Godspeed, dude. Carl Weathers, gone too early, but I don't know about you, dude, but I'm not going to forget him till the day I die, dude. I'll be watching Rocky Four on my freaking deathbed. Yeah, and, you know, one of the immortal lines from Rocky Four, which I think if it wasn't an autobiographical line from Carl Weathers, it should have been because I truly hope he felt this way about himself because I think it's spot on and should be a reason why he was so legendary. Um, I actually borrowed it to lead off the first album I ever recorded. And of course I paid for the licensing rights, but Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed famously said, I don't want to change, man. I like who I am. We loved who you were too, Carl. All right, man. Next week we'll have a, I guess, a happier conversation about something. Not unless, I don't know, God forbid we get a domino two to fall of the three celebrity deaths that always seem to happen in a cluster. Well, um, we did. Right after that, it was Wayne Kramer from MC5, the legendary Detroit proto-punk band. I mean, kick out the jams. It's like right after that. See, now that's um, way that's way too indie for me. Well, I'm just, I didn't even want to check my Yahoo feed until midnight was over. You know, <laughs> just to make sure there wasn't a fire. Telling you right now, Kevin, somebody put Ric Flair in a bubble, please. Oh, God, yes. He's every time two drop. I'm waiting for the Ric Flair third wheel to fall off. Nature, the nature boy. All right, Kev. Um, we'll talk next week. Try to enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's going to be a tough one, but RIP Carl Weathers. Any last words, Kev? Nope. God's peace to his family and friends. All right, buddy. Love you. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Love you too. Peace. Bye.